Hi, and welcome to Sage's podcast. Uh, today, I have the honor to talk with the Grandmaster Noel Studer uh, from Switzerland. And um, Noel, he has uh, a successful, successful uh, newsletter uh, and uh, a new co- uh, training course. Uh, and is uh, spending a lot of time uh, working with the uh, adult chess improvers. So I thought it would be uh, uh, great to invite him here to the, the podcast and uh, talk a, a little bit about the uh, chess improvement and, uh, and especially uh, chess uh, calculation. Uh, welcome, Noel. Um, I'm happy to that you want to, to join me for a talk. <laughs> hey, Martin. Yeah, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. And um, um, I am... Um, I like uh, I have worked uh, for 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 quite some time uh, trying to improve at chess and uh, and and I'm sharing it uh, here on my newsletter. But um, you have a little bit kind of a different newsletter. Uh, can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what uh, what your newsletter is uh, is about and uh, and uh, how it works? So yeah, I send out one newsletter every Friday um, and it is a deep dive normally, uh, but you can still read it in maximum five minutes. It's about one part of chess improvement. I'm specializing really on helping people train the right way. Uh, That's also what my course is about. So a newsletter might be about, for example, when should you um, study a new opening? When is it time to study a new opening? That's one I recently wrote and will be out soon. Um, or um, how can you recover from a bad tournament? So it will be one specific deep dive and uh, you can get that on Fridays. I also have a blog where I uh, share um, an article every Saturday and I have a free ebook as well. So that's more or less everything. Then I'm also on Twitter um, and then the course. That's more or less all my uh, content at the moment. Oh, and 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 the new uh, the 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 book uh, that's new, right? Yeah, the ebook is pretty new. Uh, I launched it, I think, in June, okay. uh, twenty twenty three. So that's pretty recent, and uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to see people really get into this philosophy of studying with more quality. Um, I like this philosophy of less but better. Mm. So people finding out, oh, I don't have to study five hours a day to get better at chess. And then I help them make their chess more effective. Oh yeah, I, 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 a lot of the, I've been following your newsletter for a long time, and uh, yeah, a lot of the, the your writing here really resonate with the with me. And uh, so I will encourage people to uh, to sign up uh, on uh, what's what's the next next level uh, chess is the next level chess dot blog slash newsletter okay. is the direct link to to the newsletter. You can also just go to next level chess. And the first thing you will see is the ebook, and you can you can get that as well if you want. As said, that is totally free. Oh, nice. Um, and I was thinking, you know, that um, my my chess uh, rating uh, I'm playing mostly on on lead chess, uh, and I try to play rapid chess. Um, and um, the, the the last. Two two years, uh, the, the the rating has uh, like gone down. <laughs> uh, I peaked, uh, I think, December two thousand and twenty one, and at two thousand three hundred and 
fifty, I think, something around there, and uh, and now I'm back at two thousand two hundred fifty in 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 rabbit rating, and uh, I feel like uh, I've been struggling a little bit since with um, with since I can't play over the board chess at the moment uh, because uh, I have. Uh, I have uh, four kids now, and it's uh, it's hard to um, to to make ends meet. And uh, so I thought maybe we could we talked about before the podcast that maybe maybe you could help me uh, like um, look at my my approach to training and uh, maybe help me a little bit uh, about with my uh, how I can optimally use my time. Sure, uh, that's that's what I what I love to do. <laughs> Great. Hopefully, also excel in. So, so great. And I, and I think I'm not the only one uh, adult chess improver that struggles a bit with the uh, finding time, uh, quality time for chess. Um, so, so maybe we should like start talking about the whole time aspect. How how to find uh, time where you have both energy and uh, and are not dis- uh, disturbed at, uh, at the same time. Um, how much time do you think I need to like allocate or find in my, my schedule to uh, to make uh, any any reasonable progress at chess? It's always hard um, to like specify this is a time because let's say for a GM it's much harder to make progress than uh, if you're just starting out. So mm. the the earlier you are in your chess uh, career, the the less time will actually help you improve still. Yeah. So let's say you're just starting out and you just see some random YouTube videos, they will still help you. But the stronger you get, the more uh, time is usually needed to really change your approach to chess and, and level it up. So I can't like give yeah. a clear amount, but I or, I am a fan of, you know, half an hour a day, six times a week. Mm. I believe that we can already see some results right there. And this is something manageable thing everybody can find. and. For those struggling at home also saying, I I don't know where I have time. So what you can do is a very fun exercise is for one whole week, you just write down how you spend your time. There is no goal of, let's say, studying more chess or whatever, but just whenever you do something, write it down either in an Excel or on paper. So at the end of the week, you want to have these seven times 24 hours, roughly, that you know, what am I spending time on? And then you can write down your most important values, like what what is important for you, right? And you might write down chess training. I'm sure for you, uh, Martin, you will have uh, your family first and maybe your full-time job, maybe even your newsletter. And at some point, Mm. your own chess is coming. And then you can compare, okay, what are my values and where am I spending time? So for example, for myself, I will find out I'm spending way too much time on digital shit, YouTube, Twitter, whatever it is on watching Twitch and this and that. And, and that's not on my value list at all. Like I'm not, I don't know, lying lazily on my sofa and watching YouTube is not on my values. So I find time that is not in my value high up and I try to delete it Mm. and then replace it with the things I'm neglecting that are in the value list. So that, that's one way to find new time. And I'm sure I, 
would say 95% of people will find at least half an hour this way. I honestly, I find two, three hours every day <laughs> when I do this because it's just so many distractions. So many times when you really write down what you're doing, maybe you thought you were doing chess, but then after 15 minutes of chess training, you were going to Twitter and then 45 minutes is actually scrolling chess Twitter. Mm. And ah, every time you do that, you can reallocate these 45 minutes to chess training and suddenly you'll have a lot of time. Yeah, actually, I did this exercise uh, some years ago. Um, I downloaded a time tracking app, and uh, then I recorded everything chess related I did for for one week. I think I, I will put the, um, the the video in the in the 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 the, 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 the notes for this episode, so you can find it on and say chess.substack.com. And uh, yeah, the. The, the the exercise actually yeah showed the to that I used quite a lot of time on uh, on uh, on chess Twitter and uh, Discord and other servers uh, so I'm definitely mindful about this and I, during the summer I also completely uh, left uh, Twitter uh, for almost a month um, I, I think it's it's a little bit hard to have a newsletter and write about chess and and not follow what happening because so much uh about chess is, is still on twitter so um um so it's it's but it's hard to balance i think um but i i sometimes i feel like when if if when i use social chess social media then and i try to like get deep into a focus and then sometimes i get distracted from <laughs> from from my heart parcel and then oh i will just leave, just check this and then uh, i go out of the training zone and and uh, do you have any advice on like how to uh, set up a a good environment for um, for for practice yeah so i think um i have this you also wrote a newsletter about the chess zone right yeah. this this place where you just want to study chess and it would be ideal if there you for example, you have uh, you can have a login on your computer, mm. which is chess training login, yeah. where you don't have a direct login into uh, Twitter, into wherever you want to go, but you just have, maybe you don't even have internet if you just want to study with chess space, for example, or you just have internet, but you just have one tab open and that's it. Mm. And even if you would want to go to Twitter, you would have to type in Twitter and then type in your username and then type in your password, which is already way harder. So. I think many people are harsh on themselves. They say, oh, I need to be more disciplined. I totally disagree. I am the most undisciplined guy you can ever meet. Really, it's terrible. <laughs> when we have ice cream at home, I will I eat ice cream. At one every day at least, <laughs> sometimes two, sometimes three. My uh, Alessia, my fiance, is always making fun of me. But I still get to do actually a lot of things, even though I have this brain injury still and I'm undisciplined. And, it's just creating systems where I can't get distracted anymore. Mm. That's the whole idea. That's also what I love about Atomic Habits, where James Clear, he really like puts emphasis on this. If you don't want to eat snacks, just don't buy it. Yeah. Like don't have it at home and say, oh, I shouldn't. So you can apply that to chess as well. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe I should... Uh, maybe I should remove my computer and my phone from my chess area and just go uh, all in on uh, books in, in that area and then focus on my, my newsletter somewhere else uh, optimal. That could be amazing yeah? yeah. to just have like 
or at least be clear what am I doing yeah. and the chess zone obviously if you also work in chess then there are again it's two different yeah. things right you you can easily convince yourself okay I'll just shortly do this other thing and then boom your attention yeah. is gone yeah. so I definitely recommend having the phone somewhere else mm. I even don't have any I don't even have Chrome anymore on my phone I'm very strict as you see I will I will just do shit on my phone if I can. <laughs> So I disabled Chrome. Yeah. I don't have any social media apps. I basically have messages, WhatsApp, and I can call. And I have some banking stuff because sometimes you need to yeah. do this two-factor authentication. That's it. Just because I know I'm bad at it. Yeah. And, and it's no shame because I think we're all bad at it. So I love to just think about a way that you can get less distracted. Mm. If you can work with book and board, that's the simplest way of not getting distracted. If you work online, for example, also if you play on Lee Chess, you just need to be very aware, have only one tab open, have clear start and end of a training session or of a playing session or whatever. And then just be mindful that whenever you start to click the first window open, the session is gone basically. So we really need mm. to avoid that yeah. clicking just shortly somewhere because it nearly never stays short. How how hurtful do you think uh, like phones and 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 uh, social media is for your ch chess trainings and uh, like I I can, I can at least remember that like I feel like more distracted with the social media and it it's it's getting more and more I think so it's it's it's, it's really an area that I'm a bit concerned about so. Do, how 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 do you think it affects your chess and 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 what is, what is your advice on on uh, on this? I I mean, as you heard, I'm <laughs> extremely strict okay. on this because I saw some uh, studies also for preparing for my course when I talked about improving focus in there, and I I I'm not sure anymore if I get it completely right, but it's something like you can get forty minutes to get back to your focus state you were before mm. when you just get distracted for five seconds. Yeah. So that, that's insane. That's <laughs> your whole session done, basically. Yeah. It's not that you're not focused anymore, but until you really get fully into it any, mm. again, it can take so long. So it's just distractions are very, very bad. For example, I also am aware uh, now here uh, where I'm doing this podcast yeah. is at my father's place. Uh, and here I have my office. So whenever I work, I really try to avoid that my father is knocking at the door or shortly talking to me if he's at home, mm. because just a small five second interaction with him will take my focus away and it will be much harder to get back to deep, right? Yeah. So people um, like people that live with you that shortly say, hey, uh, what do you want to eat tonight? Your focus is destroyed. Yeah. Like there's so many little things that we really need to be very um, careful to think first, create systems. So for example, with loved ones, you can just say to them, hey, now from six to seven, I'm studying chess. Do you have any questions before that? After it, I'm very happy to cook, to whatever mm. you, you then do, yeah. right? So you prepare them, you clearly state to them that you're about to do chess. You give them time to ask you some questions and they said, no, I'm one hour like not available. Mm. And I think that can really help you get into that deep state because when you ask how bad is it, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to play a classical game. Mm. 
most people want that, right? Yeah. And if you never focus for a long period of time, you will have a very hard time focusing during a classical. Yeah. Yeah, it's and I think also like what what has happened with my my my, my chess like is like after I've not been playing any over the board chess, I'm not having this this weekly uh, time a week where I've into this deep focus mode and uh, and it's not disturbed. Uh, so I definitely want to try to block out some some times and try to <laughs> to talk with my wife about the like. Can I have some one hour here where it's uh, no questions about the family? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the important factor again is like start small yeah. and start with this high quality. Once you once you can get in even you know three times half an hour a week where you really know I'm really getting into the zone, mm. it already helps you. It tells your brain, okay, I know now how to do it, and then it will be easier to implement that for longer periods of time or for for more time. Yeah. What I see sometimes is people saying, oh, I love this approach. Now I'm studying three hours a day with full focus and it just won't work. Like you're not being suddenly the genius focused worker when before you were always distracted. I think that's just <laughs> not how life works. Yeah. So be aware that starting small can be very nice. Also for your wife telling her, <laughs> I need three hours every day. She will tell you what the heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you get small increments, that could be something. Yeah, this sounds wise. Um, at the moment, I'm I'm on uh, on uh, paternity leave, uh, but soon I will return to work, and um, then my my daily routines will uh, switch up a bit. And uh, no, when when I'm commu commuting, I have some free time uh, in the train uh, where I can. Uh, spend it on chess but it's also not an optimal study environment i think also a lot of other people uh, who use train or buses uh, and like chess uh, use this time uh, to um, to to play or, or study um how how do you think i should use this uh, it's yeah it's about two and a half three hours a day yeah um yeah maybe two two and a half hours maybe uh, commuting time um uh, how how can i use this time uh, uh, in, in the best way um when it's not the perfect uh, in uh, setting yeah so you said that it's not the optimal setting so in general like if there's any way that you can do other tasks in that time mm. and then free up time where you can really be in your chess zone i prefer this okay so let's say you can do i don't know you can do online groceries for example instead not going to the grocery market yeah. or you can think about all these tasks you might do for your family that you can do with emails or yeah. talking about bills whatever so this would be my first idea like allocate as much as possible to more simple tasks where you don't need that deep focus <laughs> and then you free up time where you can really focus deeply if you go um, and work on your chess, really try to not use your phone. That would be my first advice. Mm. Like just chess work on the phone. Again, I might be very, very bad, but I just don't see people really focused when they play chess on their phone. Um, also working on your phone, like studying on your phone is not the same. Like either take a laptop or a book mm. 
um, and and try to work on that. I know that I think Neil Bruce from Chess Punks, right? He uses Commute as well. Yeah. And I think I heard in his uh, Perpetual podcast interview, he said that he um, puts on the same music usually. So he gets into this state of my brain knows that with this music, I always study chess. Yeah. So this is a creative way of telling your brain, when I put on this music, these headphones, now it's chess time. And then you can work on some puzzles. That would be some idea. So if, if, if I remember you... correctly, it's uh, Chariot Sophia. He is listening to ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You even know the song. Yeah? I didn't know that much. Yeah, I find that very interesting because in a way that the whole idea of the chess song is only telling your brain that you work chess. Mm. So if you somehow manage to create that in the train on the commute, yeah. that's a good idea as well. Mm. So these are some, some ideas, but yeah, in general, I prefer even, let's say, if you have these two and a half hours every day, I prefer doing one hour at home yeah. over two and a half hours on the commute, Okay, just because so many things can go wrong. Yeah. There's just so much potential of meeting people, of uh, just not being ready to fully focus. You're also before or after work, so maybe you have already ideas in your head about work. Mm. So it just the quality is not as great. Yeah. So I prefer using it for different things. Okay, I think I think it's it it makes sense. Um, it's I, it's I just think that. When we, when you are like uh, trying to improve, you you just want to okay. I want want to spend some as much as time as I can pour into this bucket, and then uh, hope uh, it it will be full sometime. So somehow it's a little bit reversing your mindset a bit about trying to to find some really good water to help, to put in this bucket. <laughs> yeah, I, I I also I don't have the perfect wording yet, but I I thought about some way to mathematically like show how you can improve a chess and what i came up with until now would be you multiply what you do how you do it and the amount of time you do mm. and then you get your improvement yeah right so what many people do is just the time right yeah. just as you say just fill this bucket but the problem is if the what and the how are near to zero you can put in as much time as you want mm. with multiplication you will end up at zero again yeah so so you really need to be mindful that when you train, I, I like to really be very strict of what training looks like, that it's only very high quality. And I would prefer even to say, I just listen to a podcast about chess, but I'm not counting that as chess improvement. Mm. I'm just getting inspiration. I enjoy it. Or I'm, you know, reading atomic habits or things that can in a way help my chess, but not directly. Yeah. And those are easy, simple. I don't need to fully focus. And then I have some specific, maybe less amount of time where I really, really focus on chess. And then I get so much more out of that. Hmm. That's a good idea. Um, so um, I before the interview, you know, I, I asked uh, my readers also what they were struggling with. Um, uh, and what they saw as a, the big, biggest uh, hindrance for 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 their own improvement, and and a lot of people, uh, besides the time aspect, also mentioned like the energy, like when after a long day at work and uh, putting the the kids to sleep, maybe, and uh, then you have to to clean up the house, and now you have time in the end uh, for for chess, and then the energy is maybe low, and you you take out your phone, play some 
some some blitz uh, and uh, and that, that was it um do you have any advice for like how to optimize your your energy uh, for for chess and uh, how should you think about this whole having getting enough energy for it uh, how do you motivate yourself and, uh, and and is it even possible <laughs> yeah again i prefer to um if you can to choose the timing of your chess training mm. so for example if you say usually in the evening you have still time yeah uh, if that's feasible, go to sleep earlier, wake up earlier, do chess before you go to work, mm. before your kids w- wake up. Yeah. That would be, for example, one way to just take time where you're anyway sleepy and sleep <laughs> <laughs> and use the, the moments where you're really awake mm. and there for chess to do the training. That would be one idea. Yeah. Um, in general, we can do so many things to improve how we feel. I like to talk about nutrition. I like to talk about good sleep. I like exercise. So just taking care of yourself as an individual will be the most important thing you can do. Mm. So I follow many, um, you know, much smarter people in, in those areas. I had a nutritionist as a, as a coach, basically. I track my sleep with this aura ring. So I try to get better sleep or high quality sleep every day. So I try to work also on that part because then automatically your energy gets better and your brain power gets better. Mm. So that would be the second thing. And then the third thing again is I would try to really decrease the amount of time of training until you can say, whenever I train, I train with a decent to a high quality. And then once your body gets used to when I study chess, I study with good quality, Mm. you can start, okay, let's add 15 minutes there. Let's add 15 minutes there. But right now I see so many improvers. They are used to studying chess, but just half, like half focus, five tabs open. And I study a little bit of chess. I watch TV, but I also read my book, right? So you want to get away from these habits and really get to the habit. Whenever I study chess, it is high quality. And then again, your brain will get used to actually working when you have a puzzle in front of you and not just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm anyway only doing half, like, why should I work now? I can be lazy. So really training yourself um, to do chess only when you really are able to focus. Mm. That's a good idea. Yeah, I've, I've thought about this idea of going to bed early and and, and waking up uh, early but uh, i have to get up really early then <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, it can it can be yeah, hard yeah sometimes, so yeah. yeah i mean you could also for example just put a lot of chess work on the weekend mm. start with high energy chess work on the weekend yeah um i i still believe that well we have a maximum amount of really brain energy throughout the day. So yeah. if you really work like full your head, you know, you might be exhausted in the evening and there is no chance to, to start mm. chess anymore. That can happen. But what I also realize also with my brain injury is that sometimes I don't feel really great, but when I get myself to do the thing, it still works somehow. It's this, there is sometimes this feeling of, I'm a little bit lazy, so I start to do bad things and then my focus declines even more. Mm. But when I do 
good things, I can still hold my focus pretty decent. Yeah. So it's really, we can influence a lot with habits, with avoiding distraction. And the, the more tired we are, the more likely we are to use a distraction. Mm. So there it's even, even more important. Like when you, let's say you have five weeks holidays and you, you sleep every day, nine hours, you eat perfectly and you wake up in the morning and you say, now I'm doing two hours of chess you probably don't get distracted because you're super rested. Everything is perfect. Um, you don't have worries to think about at this moment. So you just do chess, but real life is different. And so we need to prepare for the harder moments by having better habits. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can uh, definitely uh, follow that. Um, even though <laughs> like my, uh, like am I uh, with four kids, like it's, you never sleep well. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, oh. I, that, that's actually what I'm most scared about kids, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, every every night there's uh, one one kid that wakes up and and, wow. and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really tough. Man. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they get older. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, when 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 I started uh, my online presence and just uh, like I set this goal of reaching two thousand. Feeder rating over the board. Um, I'm not. I'm at eighteen hundred and nine at the moment. Um, but since I can't play over the board uh, uh, due to my family commitment uh, uh, at the moment, should I like? Should I set a goal, or should I m- maybe just have a process orienta- orientated goal for the moment? Uh, how should I approach this? Uh, uh, do you think? Yeah, I like like. So there's two parts, right? Mm. The perf- perfect part, let's say, <laughs> would probably be not having any rating goals at all. Mm. Just why do we need it, right? If, if we, if we want to get better and we focus on the process, we will get better no matter if we set a goal or not. Yeah. But we are humans, yeah. right? So we get motivated by, maybe by some goal. We get emotions. Oh, maybe I'll reach that. That will be that will feel very good or we get accountability that other people are asking us how is your goal going so i think we we benefit most of us benefit from having some kind of goal but not too strict and not if it's time-based so yeah. there are people that say i'm on the road to grandmaster right so there is this huge goal but it's not like in one year, I need to have 2,500 rating because then you get stressed. <laughs> like you lose, you lose a game. You're like, oh no, I can't reach it anymore. Yeah. It's I don't have enough games. So, I think having some idea in mind what you wanna become makes sense, and that 2,000 OTB goal sounds good. But what you can do in the meantime is to think: Who do I have to be? How, what do I, what skills do I need to learn mm. in order to become 2000 yeah. rated? And then for now you can focus just on improving those skills because these are what will bring you to this rating. So even if you don't play OTB games, you cannot see your process, your progress through rating, but you can see, okay, um, calculation, I need to get better at this. What exactly do I need to get? to be better at, or you can say, I need to limit blunders. So for two weeks, I don't want to make any big blunders in my games and so on. So you can have these process-based goals that can keep you motivated, accountable, and can make you feel, oh, I'm actually making progress, Mm -hmm. even though I don't make any rating progress. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I think I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good approach. Uh, I, I just I just feel that sometimes it's I can like when there's nothing, <laughs> when it's not like out in front of me, it can be a little bit uh, diffuse, and I'm like okay. Now, now I'm just curious what happens in this position, uh, and then I play this uh, this move I get curious about. And even though I'm no, maybe objectively it's not the best move, um, and then it's it, then then the, the games maybe get a less serious. Uh, so, can you like? How can I like motivate myself to take these online games really really seriously? Um. I think if you have a process goal, mm. so if you really have something in mind, what you want to do right yeah. during this game, this can help mm. because you just focus fully on that process. For example, what I do with my students is I talk about what we should do when we calculate the position. Yeah. So we look at the position, we see if there is uh, threats from the opponent, then we see like, how is the position? What are our, our goals? Then we have um, candidate moves coming up. And then one by one, we calculate those candidate moves without jumping around, but just the first move checks, captures threats, right? Mm. So you check the first check and then you see until the end of the line and so on. So when they focus on this, I start to realize this takes so much of their energy in a way they cannot even focus on the result or whatever, because it's just like, okay, I need to do this process, right? And then once you have this, you can uh, get in another process or you can say, um, my goal is to uh, not get into time trouble. I just always have to have in a rapid game two minutes on the clock. So again, you have something to focus about and also something to um, analyze that is not just the rating. Yeah. So and not just the result. So you can say I did this this game well, even though I lost. Mm. Which is the idea. You wanna you know create uh, possibilities to do things well, even if you sometimes lose a game. So. That would be a way. And the other way I actually like a lot is to just tell yourself, everybody else feels exactly like you. <laughs> Again, everybody or nearly everybody is able to study when they have a big tournament coming up and they are super motivated. Where you can make the difference is not then, but it's on the times where it's not so easy to study in a focused way. Yeah. It's sometimes those inspirational leaders talk about when others sleep, I want to work. I don't like this because I think you should sleep. <laughs> but, but when others are demotivated and it's going bad for them, many, many will struggle to work. And if you're one of these few people that manage to keep the process going, you will outperform everyone else by a mile. Like it won't be a challenge anymore because basically what happens is you study for a year and they study for two months yeah. because... 10 months in a year, usually things aren't going perfectly. So if they just stop studying, you have six times their study. Easy, easy, very simple game. You will just outperform them and beat them next time you meet them. So that's a way I like to think and motivate myself. That's, uh, that's good advice, Noel. Um, well, um, I was thinking, um, like, before the, the, the podcast, we, we talked about, like, we should try to, you should try to formulate some uh, 
some challenge for me for for four weeks um, that I should try to um, to do and follow, uh, and then uh, we could uh, follow up uh, in another four weeks and see how it went. So I could be uh, a guinea pig. Um, so what? How 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 should I approach it uh, with my? Um, we talked about carving out some some quality time in the evening uh, for for chess study and um, where I, I'm not distracted. Um, so, how, how how long should I should I aim for, and uh, how many times a week should I, do you think is uh, I should should aim for during these uh, four weeks? Yeah, again, it depends on your situation, right? I think it also depends when you're not on paternity leave anymore, you will have maybe more time or so that that makes a difference. Um, I would generally start very small and just have this high quality. So Mm. let's say if six times half an hour is possible, that would be a very cool start. Even if it can feel to some people like, oh, this is way too few. And then you can say, for example, if you want to do that, you can say the second week is six times 45 minutes Mm. and the third week is six times one hour. And then the fourth week is maybe you add another training session or you just have one week space where things could go wrong and you're not progressing. Okay. So just the goal is the fourth week will be six times one hour. So it will already be double of what you did in the first week. Um, And then you need to keep track of that. I think that's very important. And the success of these four weeks is more like for the success, it's more important that you did that and how high your quality was Yeah. and not if you won rating or didn't win rating. Mm. Because one, when you really establish these things, you have high quality, you have time where you really do chess and you can stick to it. Even if things are hard, results will come at some point but normally not when you expect it. <laughs> so they usually pop up somewhere where you're thinking, what the hell is yeah, happening? Yeah. Right? So, so that's what I would do for the next four weeks. Okay. If, if that sounds good for you. That, says, that sounds like a, a, a challenge I could, uh, I could do and manage. And, uh, um, and I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to improve, at, uh, improve my calculation. I'm doing the... There was a new course on uh, calculation on, on chessable uh, from Ganguly and uh, Doha Pade uh, mm-hmm. um, that I picked up and uh, I'm started doing. Um, so I'm I'm think I know you have advice that you do one one thing at a time. Is that correct? So I have this one third rule yeah. that I use uh, with many students, which says you should spend one third of your time on tactics or calculation, one third on playing plus analyzing, and one third on either strategy, uh, end game or opening. Yeah. So that's why I also like to have these six days. Mm. By the way, the other day, if people are wondering, is the free day where you shouldn't do any chess at all. So that's the whole idea of it. Yeah. And so you would have twice time for calculation, twice time for playing and analyzing, and you would have twice time uh, for something you want to work on in end game opening or, or strategy bucket. Okay. So that could be an easy way to keep track of it. You can, for example, say I start with calculation, then I play, then I do, let's say end games and then I do again, calculation, play end game, and then I have a free day. Mm. And like this, it's simple to stick to it. It's 
you still have to do different things because like this, you still get, uh, you don't get as much bored, right? If you six days a week only do calculation, it's maybe a little bit yeah. heavy. So like that, you have also harder training sessions, a little bit easier training sessions. So we could think about what is important from the strategy opening or end game side for you. Yeah. And then you have the playing sessions, which you just define a rate, uh, a time limit, and then see how much you can play and analyze in one session. Um, and you have the calculation sessions and, and that's it. That sounds, uh, sounds like a plan. Uh, I've besides, besides, uh, the, the calculation book, I've also been reading, um, a game collection on Kasparov's game, uh, game Kaspar uh, I think it's just called Kasparov. So could I like say, okay, that, that one I will on the strategy uh, day, I will, uh, I will look at, uh, at that. Uh, book and uh, go over a game um, as, uh, as 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 that day's uh, training activity. Yeah, I mean you could do that. I'm not a huge fan of using book selections in general okay. as training. Uh, for me, that goes more into the enjoyment yeah. bucket because it's when let's say when um, I check your games and I can give you specific advice what in strategy you need. You can improve very quickly mm. when you just see some games of Kasparov, maybe out of 10 games, one or two will be in your openings and relevant to your level at the moment. Yeah. The rest will be inspiring, interesting, mm. but you're not really taking so much away. So it's less effective. Okay. Um, so I prefer books, uh, for example, like on the pawn structure, there is uh, structures, a grandmaster guide, I think it's called. Um, by Flores Rios, yeah. which is very interesting. There are there are other books that are more specific in the strategy mm. segment, which I would recommend. Yeah, but I think especially if you change a lot of things, it would also be fine to say, okay, just for simplicity's sake, you can start. You have that book ready already, so you just do that. It's also a little bit more light training in a way. Yeah. And then after these four weeks or when you finish the book, you switch it out for something that is really more um, suitable. Precisely yeah. what you, yeah, what you look for. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good idea because, like, I think I'm not the only one who buys a lot of chess material and uh, and maybe only finishes 10, 15 percent or something like that. So it's it's always nice to. To finish something that you have started and 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 bought and like this is an extra accomplishment and it's, uh, I think sometimes sometimes to finish a book and actually the Flores book I have I have actually read so that's ah <laughs> that's good yeah. that's one, one of the few <laughs> great um, so do you have any advice for for when you like have reach like a rating peak uh, and then you see like a decline or a plateau uh, how to think about that uh, something like it's it, it can be a little bit demotivating for for training uh, when you see okay i have peaked and now sometimes now i'm just below what i was some time ago uh, how, how should i approach this uh, aspect yeah, I I mean, we all have this cycle over and over again, mm. right? It's not only in chess, it's somewhere else where things are going very well and then it starts to go a little bit down and then it's a whole cycle, mm. right? There's no peaks without the lows. Yeah. Anyway. 
So what I try to do is to really use a low to not focus on results anymore. I, this usually, to me, it happens that I have a low, I finally manage to not focus on results anymore. I start putting in the process, I'm doing things well, and then I have a peak. And there is also a big danger because once you have a peak, you can start to focus on the results again because you're, oh my God, I have my highest rating ever. And you're not so focused anymore on really doing the training. And so at some point, inevitably, you don't train that well anymore. You will not play that well anymore. And then the whole cycle is starting. So we have two points, like how do we start the cycle? So as you say, demotivated after going down with rating. And then the second step I think many people forget is we need to work also when we have a success. And so if we can manage to have these two, then we basically focus on the process and always do the work without interruptions. Okay. So um, for the bad period, I think just remembering why you want to do chess improvement can help. I had this um, talk with my fiance Alessia. She was always reminding me simply why I'm doing chess improvement. I wanted to be an example to people that um, had maybe not such an easy youth. I was bullied quite hard and I had epilepsy. So these two things, I wanted to show that even though you have that, you can still reach a very high level And now I also had the brain injury. So even more reason to show it's possible. Mm. So she would just tell me, just think what the kids would say if they would see you in this moment. And then I was like switched on and the process was there. Because when I imagine a hundred kids are watching me and I'm just crouching on my uh, sofa (laughs) and I'm saying, ah, I'm so, I'm such a poor guy. Oh, la, 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 la then these people aren't inspired. These kids are like, oh no, I don't want to end like this guy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I had this, this main motivator, which wasn't just rating or something like that. So finding something in that sense. And I think you through your podcast, through your newsletter, you can also have that kind of inspiration for other people. Yeah. Um, Just saying there are so many people suffering from that exact moment you have. If you manage to overcome it, you can help thousands of people overcome it as well. That can be a great motivation. And just seeing yourself, as you say, as the guinea pig of like, I'll get through that. I'll get through that. It's shit. It's hard, but I'll get through it. And then I will help other people. Yeah. That could be a way of motivating yourself. It's a good, it's a good, uh, good mindset. Um, I'll definitely take that with me. Um, great. I have a, uh, like, a question is about I got a question from one of my readers about um, Nick. He asked, uh, "How do you th- approach like tactic versus calculation?" Um, so like, I, I, there's like tactics. I, I imagine like there's a lot of patterns. They, they in my mind, they, it's a little bit easier to, to solve them than when you're doing calculation work. Um, how should I? Um, how should I approach this? And how much should be hard calculation exercises versus patterns and uh, and tactics? So in general, if you only want to play blitz or if you still frequently blunder pieces, calculation is nothing for you. Mm. You need to work on your tactics. Yeah. So these are the simple ways, right? Yeah. That's, that's just 
some people they they want to study calculation i would say like you are starting to be this 1800 fee day level this is starting to be the level where we can think about calculation really beforehand it's really a lot of about just spotting the tactics because there will be still major mistakes your opponents are doing. Yeah. You don't need to have sophisticated seven move calculations to spot them. Sometimes it's just, oh, he didn't understand that this piece is pinned. Let's pin it. That's it. So uh, keep it simple. Work on your tactics first. And once you don't make these big mistakes anymore, you can go into calculation. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, grandmasters, they usually don't really do much tactics anymore. But they just work on their calculation and before a tournament you can use tactics to fresh your mind right it's something that is quite that is there you have the skill yeah. but you need to freshen just tell your brain okay just look out for the simple stuff as well don't just go seven moves deep and forget about the piece hanging yeah. so that's how grandmasters do it before that really focus on the tactical as you say just know all the motives uh, work on them repeat them and also if you play short chess so short time controls blitz even shorter rapid tactics are super important Mm. you don't have the time for calculation and once you start to play otb classical games then calculation gets a little bit more important but remember if you blunder pieces your calculation won't matter then your tactics matter Mm. But 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 I still think like with, with the tactics you it you should still be like forced to to actively think uh, somehow because like I did this uh, on my newsletter I did a, an experiment uh, uh, a puzzle rush experiment where people the readers uh, solved uh, puzzle rush for fourteen days uh, straight and and what the experiment showed was like those who did the most puzzle rush actually didn't improve the most at puzzle rush because i think i think some of the reason was that they maybe started to not think about it and 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 it was just uh purely um pattern and and eye recognition uh, when when they they worked on the on this activity uh, how how do we how do we uh, make sure that the we find find the the right um, difficulty for for tactics training. So it's it's also something I like. I made this this is the, the tactic ladder series where I've made books with one specific difficulty range, so people can pick uh, where they are at. But but you can still buy the the the, the two thousand feet level book uh, and and work on it if you are thirteen player but it will just be extremely hard so so what so how should i place how should you place uh, yourself when solving tactics so i would really think about what skill do i need during what, what skill do i need during the game mm. and then we want to be as close as possible to that skill so as you say for example puzzle rush is more really for bullet where you don't have any time and you just want to recognize something and just move. Yeah. But when you really want to think, puzzle rush, I have written in my course, I write, please don't do puzzle rush. <laughs> because I, I don't like this way of, well, if I want to reach a new high, 
I need to take some risk and just play the first move that looks good. Yeah. That's not what I want to do during the game. <laughs> that's, that's the opposite of what, no, we, we teach children, please sit on your hands so you don't move without thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it teaches a little bit the wrong thing. Um, so for tactics, really think, okay, if you want to study tactics and you say, I have 15 minutes per puzzle, that doesn't make sense because you don't have 15 minutes to spot a simple tactic, no. right? So you want to be quite quick with it, say one to two minutes. That's, that's what you can sometimes in a rapid game, at least invest in a classical game as well. You want to spot the tactics quickly and then maybe get into calculations or strategy thoughts and so on. So you want to be quick with that. With the calculation, you can afford a little bit more time because there you sometimes can really say that's a super important position. I will now take 10, 15 minutes. And if I find the right way and it's a deep calculation, I will need that time and then I can decide the game. So for calculation, I usually say 15 minutes max mm. and for tactics, maximum really five minutes okay. a puzzle. And I aim for 60 to 70% correct um, puzzles. What does that mean? A correct puzzle for me, again, my definition is a little bit difficult. It means having something correct means having every line written down that matters. Okay. So it needs to be written Restrict. down. But if you don't write it down, you already don't have it correct. Okay. Right? Because you really want to force yourself to, when I, when I did French, uh, language, I needed to repeat words, right? Mm. So what would I do? I would just stare at the German word. And then while thinking about it would already turn around the page and see, ah, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, uh, that's the word for it. I, I remembered it. <laughs> so that's what happens sometimes when we just do puzzles and we just move a piece and then, ah, yeah, it's true, but we don't really have the right, um, solution or process. So I really want to make that clear by having to write down everything and then you check the solution like this, uh, you spot everything that's correct. When you spot, for example, you spot the first move correct, but you don't see a very important defense for your opponent, that's already a mistake because in a puzzle, you know, things are working out for you during a game. You don't know that. Yeah. So if during a game, you just play a move that looks good, but you miss an opponent's idea, you might lose, right? In, yeah. the, in the puzzle, usually if they are simple, you still win because there is some reason why this move is good. So you really need to make sure that you do it the right way. And if then you have 60 to 70% correct, then you are in a good learning mode where it's still hard, yeah. but you don't do, as you say, 10%, if you are 1300 and you do your tactic ladder for 2000, that doesn't really help. Yeah. Great. I will, I will try to, um, um yeah aim for 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 for, for these uh, time ranges and and success rates uh, it's, it sounds reasonable to me also um great um i was thinking i now we have uh like i now i have something to to go and do for the next four weeks um do you have any other advice or things you think i should do uh, for this uh, this challenge so I would say specifically write down when you really want to train. Yeah. So instead of saying half an hour a day, really take your calendar and say Monday it's from six to six thirty PM and so on. Yeah. So this makes it more likely that you'll actually do the study. Mm -hmm. Um, 
try to take short notes after each session. And I would just, for your um, sake at the moment, I would just say, how high is the focus? Okay. Like just rate from one to 10, how high was your focus? Because maybe you also figure out actually on the lunch break, I'm much more focused than I am in the evening yeah. or something the other way around. So you can spot patterns and then just have fun and, and try to see it really as a challenge as helping yourself, but helping others through that. Yeah. And um, if results aren't there at the moment, that doesn't matter. We really want to work on the process. And then at some point, the results will come. Great. I, I, I also want to like focus on uh, distractions and not like I will try to make my study space more distraction free. So uh, as, as few distractions as possible in, in the 30 minutes, uh, one hour um, during the, the four weeks. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, and um, then we will see if uh, how I feel after four weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and, 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 and if you're listening and want to follow uh, the same uh, schedule, uh, please do. And uh, then we can, uh, th then you can report back to me and I can uh, take it, uh, take it with me to, to, to you and all for the, the follower podcast. Um, Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to get some accountability, you can also share it on Twitter and just uh, say, that's my plan. And then every day you're yeah. writing, I'm doing it. That's because Martin has the accountability. I will, I will, you know, I will kick his ass if he doesn't do it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but you guys at home, if you don't share it, you can say, ah, I want to do it, but then you don't. Yeah. So you can share it with somebody, with Martin. You can share it in um, yeah. other subscribers. You can, whatever, share it on Twitter, share it in Discord. And then uh, somebody will be there and tell you, hey, <laughs> you do, did you do what you wanted to do? Great. Um... Before we enter, I would just want to say that uh, if you want to um, support my newsletter, you can um, you can go to sages.substack.com and uh, sign up as a paid subscriber. I don't have any um, sponsorships uh, or paid ads or anything. So if you want to support, uh, sign up as a supporter, and you will also get six uh, uh, six ebooks of mine uh, as a, a present. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would uh, of course appreciate that. Uh, and Noel, do you have anything before we uh, we end this uh, interview? Um, good luck. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> and to everybody at home, be kind to yourself. Um, but get get some work done, some high quality chess, and uh, you'll be happy you did it. Great. Thank you, Noel, and uh, thank you for the pep talk. <laughs> I will talk to you in uh, in uh, in four weeks. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>